Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're uh, talking about dominion in the family, and we've come to, we're going to do a whole uh, sermon on dominion and education. Dominion and education, and I'm going to read from Deuteronomy 6, beginning at verse uh, <clears throat> 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign in your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Procreation for the lawful subduing of earth's complete livable surface and for godly dominion, extending generationally into the future, is intimately connected in Scripture to the biblical education and training of one's children. You want to be able to extend dominion into the future. Paul commands Christians, uh, children to bring up their uh, Christians to bring up their children in the training and admonition of the Lord, Ephesians six four, and in the Old Testament, God commands covenant people to teach their children God's law word throughout the whole day, both inside and outside the house, as we just read in Deuteronomy six. The implication here is that children are to be thoroughly trained in the biblical world and life view, as well as God's system of ethics and sanctification, as it applies to every area of life, not simply the synagogue or the public worship service. <coughs> the training and discipling of a child's character presented in Deuteronomy 6 is comprehensive. It is the teaching and catechizing of children in the home. There is also reflection, discussion, and application outside the home. The teaching of Scripture is to be placed in mind, in the mind, and the mind is to be trained in how all the precious truth learned apply to every situation in life. Yahweh, Jesus Christ, doctrine and ethics, etc., is relevant to every topic and calling. Parents are to instruct their children in such a way that the first thing the children think about when they get up in the morning and the last thing they think about when they go to bed at night is Christ. And how can we please him by keeping his law and applying his word to everything we do? <coughs> Sending children to satanic state schools, that is public schools, all week, and then to a mediocre, usually mediocre, not always, but usually, a mediocre Sunday school lesson only once a week, trains children that Christianity is for church and autonomous human reason and empiricism is for everything else. Uh, Christianity, that's a compartment over here on the side of life. We should not be surprised that about 70% of such children apostatize from the faith and go on to serve Satan throughout their whole adult lives. That's according to a Gallup poll. I know it's kind of old now, but that's, it's probably, if anything, it's worse. 70% of professing evangelical children who go to public schools and then go to public colleges apostate. I mean, state colleges apostate. Go apostate. That's a lot. We can now understand why Solomon says that those who do not apply biblical dis discipline to their own children hate them. Proverbs 13.24 and 23.13-14 They may have strong emotional affection for their children, but their, by their actions, they send their own precious children straight to hell. 
Because the public schools are indoctrinating him in idolatry and atheism all week long. And then you think you're going to counteract that with a mediocre 40-minute Sunday school lesson? Usually not even taught by an elder, but by some woman or something. <coughs> the teaching is to be diligent, Deuteronomy 6-7, and must involve discipline, because children are born with a sinful nature and must be thoroughly trained to reject sinful desires and the world's philosophical thinking and ethics, that is, human autonomy from God. <coughs> we're all naturally born rotten, filthy sinners. That's the way we're born. David says we go form from the womb speaking lies. And you see these cute little videos on YouTube where you see a little three-month-old or five-month-old rebelling against their parents and everybody thinks it's so cute. Or they, they lie. The word Paul uses in Ephesians translated as training, New King James, NIV, nurture, King James Version, correct, Jerusalem Bible, discipline, RSV, NASV, instruction, New English Bible, is paideia, <clears throat> which refers to education and training backed up by discipline. In other words, here's the lesson, here's what you're supposed to do. If you don't do it, you get a spanking or some form of discipline. Because children are sinners from birth, Psalm 51, 5 and 58, 3, they are not allowed to decide for themselves what is good or bad or what worldview they like. What is the common view today among non-believers, non-Christians? Well, children are naturally good, and you, they should decide for themselves what they want to do. If they want to be a sodomite, hey, that's great! If the guy thinks he's a girl, hey, get a hatchet out, cut it off, man. That's, that's what we're taught today. Christian teaching involves imparting true biblical knowledge and then, then requires training in self-control and obedience to that knowledge. The whole theme of the Bible, trust and obey, trust and obey, believe and follow, believe and obey, justification and sanctification. In other words, one must be taught to believe the truths of divine revelation and obey all of these truths. <clears throat> Children must be trained to reject the innate foolishness that is a part of being a fallen, polluted being. We're born fools. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen: Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it from him. Clearly, Spirit teaches that at times, words are not enough. Here's what Charles Bridges, a Puritan, says. What parent, what instructor of children will not bear sad but decisive testimony to the foolishness of the child? The early development of waywardness and passion, even before the power of speech, before the child is capable of observing and imitating those around him, is a touching but undeniable evidence of inborn sin. <clears throat> Resistance to it, therefore, cannot begin too early. Education should commence even in the cradle. Note, it is foolishness, not childishness. Foolishness is the mighty tendency to evil, imbibing wrong principles, forming bad habits, entering into ungodly course. It means the very root and essence of sin in a fallen nature, the folly of turning away from a God of love. End of quote. Because you hear that, oh, you got to let, you know, let them sow their wild oats. They're just children. It's childishness. It's just a natural part of life. No, that's not the Bible view. That's not the biblical view. That's paganism. It's paganism. And people who follow that get into all sorts of trouble. 
Children are like wild plants that tend left to themselves will go completely out of control. Only by vigorous, careful, biblical pruning can a child grow in Christian character. <coughs> the biblical concept of wisdom is biblical knowledge with the ability to apply that knowledge to everyday life situations. Okay, you got the, the moral law of God, and then you get the book of Proverbs that tells you how the moral law of God must be applied, how the rubber meets the road. As Solomon says, this is um, Proverbs 1, 2-4, to to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to young men knowledge and discretion. Proverbs 13:24. he who spares his rods hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Proverbs 23, 13-14, Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. If Christian discipline is administered from an early age and is applied consistently with love and careful biblical instructions about bad behavior, then as the children grow older under normal circumstances, such discipline will become less necessary. But you've got to start super early. <clears throat> I know people who don't discipline their kids, and their kids are horrible. As Solomon says, Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. <clears throat> The confusion of modern secular states regarding proper biblical spankings that sting but do not cause any bruising or damage with child abuse is expected for secular humanism is antinomian and rejects the fall. There are two common views among uh, atheistic naturalists. One is that man is born good, a blank slate. You know, like John Locke. He rejected the fall. And then the other one is that, that men are born basically good. They believe it is better to encourage human autonomy and thus end up with drug addicts, whoremongers, sodomites, and highly dysfunctional families. They look to psychologists and psychiatrists instead of scripture and consequently since the 1960s have produced generations of selfish hedonists and libertines. Spanking one's children is even illegal in most Western nations. I don't know if you know that. It's illegal. And I tell, I tell Christians, don't ever spank your kids in a supermarket. Don't ever spank your kids in public. You might get a visit from the, the government, the civil government. I know a guy who was, I think he was in New Jersey, and he spanked one of his young kids with a, he carried a little switch with him and spanked him in the supermarket and he got a visit from the officials, and they set up a hearing on whether they were going to take his kids away from him. And that very next day, he moved to Oregon and didn't tell anybody. He just moved, he just moved his whole family to Oregon. Didn't even go to the meeting. <clears throat> I know another guy, godly guy, pretty solid guy. And uh, his, his son kept begging him to let him go to public school. And he kind of spoiled his son. He didn't handle it like he should have and let him go to public school. 
And his son is a drug addict. He's a heroin addict. He's a total basket case. So don't spoil your kids. <clears throat> Spanking one's own children is even illegal. Parental authority is easily abused for parents are sinners and they must constantly strive to avoid arbitrariness, unjust harshness, inconsistencies, and cruel treatment. The children must be made explicitly aware of why their actions or words were wrong or unbiblical and why discipline is necessary. You know, this kind of thing. You know, why should I obey you? Well, because I say so. Well, in a sense, that's true because you're the parent and you have authority intrinsically from God. You've been given that authority from God. But you still want to explain things in a biblical way to children. Perhaps the most common sin with respect to child rearing today is careless indifference or being lax in, in discipline. Almost all the warnings in Scripture are about, are about laxness. Eli the high priest is an excellent example found with, within Scripture of what happens when fathers do not discipline their children, but rather spoil them. Now, if you read the account, he appears to be a true believer. And I think most commentaries believe he was a true believer. But he was very soft, weak, a weak disciplinarian, an indulgent father. He indulged his kids. His two sons grew up to be disrespectful, disobedient, corrupt, apostate whoremongers. They were priests. They're having sex in the temple. They're supposed to take the meat after it's cooked. They wanted it raw, etc. That's First Samuel 2.12. See 13 to 17, 22 to 25. King David was lax with his son Absalom and suffered greatly because of it. 2 Samuel 13, 1 to 18, It was a total disaster for David. Yes, part of it was judgment from his adultery. But Absalom was a mess because Absalom was not disciplined. He was spoiled. The biblical education of children according to Scripture clearly belongs to parents, not the church or the state. The church certainly has a role insofar as the children of Christians are required to attend weekly public worship with their parents and receive the weekly Sabbath instruction. If you read the Old Testament, they didn't have segregated Sunday schools. The kids all sat in church with their parents and heard the whole thing. In addition, the elders of the local church are to conduct regular visitations to make sure parents are teaching and disciplining their children according to Scripture. But the requirements of Deuteronomy 6... 7 and 9, and Ephesians 6, 4, as well as the teachings found the, throughout the book of Proverbs, are explicitly directed to believing parents, not the state, not the church. <clears throat> the church is the training center for parents, a training center for children on how to follow Christ, but they don't have the parents' responsibility. They're not in charge of education. If there are to be Christian schools, they are to be controlled by Christian heads of households under the supervision of the elders. When you have church schools like the Protestant Reformed Church where it's all set up by the church and they demand that parents send their kids only to their schools and you've got to send your kid to here, you can't do homeschooling. That's unbiblical. That's not their job. It's the parents' job to educate the children. The parents should, if they want to start a Christian school, it's a great idea. Do it. Make sure it's solidly Reformed and biblical and the elders have supervision over it. But it's controlled by the heads of households. It's not controlled by the elders of the church. The elders can step in if something's being taught that's unbiblical. Or they can step in and say, hey, let's help teach. Let's help you develop a curriculum. But it's the father's job. In the biblical system, the state has nothing to do with the education of children. 
what is required by Scripture can only properly occur in the context of a covenant family. When the state adopts the role of the family, children are implicitly, or in some countries explicitly, taught to look to the state for morals, purpose, and meaning. And we saw this very clearly in the United States, where the Democrats, oh, it's not the parents' responsibility. It's the state's responsibility. We don't want the parents teaching their kids this Christian ethics stuff. We want to have our state schools teach them about ethics so they can have transgendered perversions and homosexuality and all sorts of disgusting perversions. The secular state seeks dependence and loyalty to the state, not Jesus Christ, the Bible, or Christian parents. The abandonment of a family-oriented education leads to the destruction of masculinity, and it renders women either fluffy luxuries for men or aggressive competitors to men. Okay, they're either like men, and they want to lord it over their husbands, or they're like eye candy for hedonism. Parents are trained to regard the education of their own children as not their responsibility. A crucial role of the purpose of biblical family is denied and knowledge is abstracted from life. In modern education, everything is compartmentalized and subjects are not learned within the broad context of the whole Christian world and life view. Everything, mathematics, agriculture, art, science, music, all should be taught from an explicitly Christian perspective. And you say, well, what's that going to get you? Well, God is a guy named Bach. There's nobody greater than Bach in music. Most professing Christians send their children to secular anti-Christian state schools where every subject is taught from the perspective of atheistic naturalism. These children then only receive a very shallow Sunday school lesson once a week and by implication are taught that biblical Christianity is only a side compartment to life. Eh, it's not really important to how I do my job or how I do this or how I do that. It's a good little side compartment. I'll get a little Sunday school lesson. The secular humanist state control of education has been the primary method of replacing the Christian world and life view and law order in America. It has been the primary method. In the name of the separation of church and state, which in reality is the separation of God, Christ, revelation, and true religion from the state, it automatically removes everything from the curriculum which teaches, applies, or points to biblical truth or Christianity. The separation of church and state is taught in the Bible. It simply means that you've got the state over here with their particular sphere of responsibilities. They have the sword. You've got the church over here with its particular sphere of responsibilities. The, the keys of the kingdom, the word of God, dis, church discipline, and so forth. And they're not to be doing each other's job. And you find that very clear in the Old Testament. But, it, it, but the state is directly under the authority of Jesus Christ and must teach what the Bible teaches. Their laws must reflect what is found within Scripture, not whatever they think is right. Or they're mutilating young people and these sex changes and all this perversion. In the place of the biblical faith and ethics is the exaltation is man as, of man as, men as God, which comes to expression in the state. In the name of science and reason, as applied by anti-Christian unbelievers, who begin the scientific process with false atheistic presuppositions, they are extremely hostile to Bible-believing Christianity, while embracing every immoral, irrational fad under the sun. Socialism. Communism. Homosexuality, fascism, the transgendered movement, macroevolution, 
the sexual revolution. People don't understand. Fascists are simply socialists who believe that the state controls everything, but you can retain the means of production. It's a, it's a type of socialism. This idea that fascists are right, like Republicans, is nonsense. Their anti-Christian, pagan, religious, or philosophical premises are the foundation of all their thinking. Consequently, they teach children to reject Christ and their parents' authority in order to bow the knee to the all-defining and all-controlling state. <clears throat> now, biblical Christianity, on the contrary, recognizes the supreme lordship of Christ over the civil magistrate and over the courts. The courts do not have the authority to, con to declare anything contrary to the law of God. So if they say that homosexual marriage is legal, they're acting as an agent of Satan. The state is supposed to be a minister of justice, biblically defined. Romans 13, 1-6, Deuteronomy 4, 5-8, Matthew 28, 18 and following, etc., etc. And not the father, mother, or educator of children, except for police or military training for adult males. Okay, you can, the state has a role for adult men, you know, men over 20 who are going to be in the military. They need to have training centers for how to drive a tank and how to shoot a rifle. That's fine. But we're not, we're not talking about little children. We're talking about adults. But Enlightenment thinkers, thinkers such as Rousseau, these are the left-wing Enlightenment thinkers, posited an all-powerful state who has authority over every aspect of life. These are the guys who basically gave us the French Revolution. The state was defined as sovereign and omnipotent so that no area of free associations, independent churches, schools, families, locations, and communities could exist except within and by the will of the state. They want total control over preschool, all schooling, everything. With the rise of macroevolution and the idea that all law is purely positivistic, that men simply make it up, the idea that came to be accepted among intellectual elites that the state should create laws out of their own thin air, or that the state must reflect the will of the people, whatever that will is. In other words, if you want to have homosexual marriage in California, you vote on it. And then when the people vote against it, then the Supreme, their, their court overturns it anyway. Because <laughs> they really don't believe that. But it's not the will of the people. The people don't have any say in what our moral law should be. God says. In other words, if the people accept homosexuality, abortion on demand, and state theft to purchase votes, then these things, by definition, are now considered moral. Since there is really nothing above man according to this view, then whatever man posits as expressed by the state is by definition right and good. You've got to wonder, how can the Democrats be so, such liars? They, they, you know, they stole the last election. They're complete liars. They shut down free speech. They do all kinds of illegal things and terrible things. They believe it's okay because they believe they're God. They have no problem doing it. It doesn't make them feel guilty at all because they believe that they're God and what they believe is right. They believe in socialism. In the atheistic scheme, liberty or freedom is equivalent to submission to state coercion. You want freedom? Submit to the state. Freedom, happiness, and fulfillment is only really found in a complete dependence on the state for everything. That's what we're told. Man is to be freed from dependence on the family, the church, or any non-status associations. And freedom is redefined as independence from these things and dependence on the state. Status education thus seeks to free man from church and family into total dependence on the state, the political order. Man is only truly man and truly free when he is only governed by the state. That's their view. 
That's why they do all these crazy things they do. They have a philosophy. They have a world and life view. And in their world and life view, the state is God. And their immorality should be law. In the Soviet Union and all communist dictatorships, as well as the Democratic Party in the United States, <clears throat> have implemented or want to implement state-run preschool, schools, and after-school programs, daycare, colleges, universities, health care, care of the ages. They want every aspect of your life totally under their control. They don't want Christian parents calling the shots. They, don't want their, they want their children to be good status children. Because Americans' uh, past was primarily Christian in its worldview, orientation, children are taught to hate our past history based on the anti-Christian thinking and behaviors of only some Americans from the past. Chattel slavery, racism. Chattel slavery was practiced in the South and it was practiced by very few. But now all white people are intrinsically evil, we're told. The great achievements in liberty, freedom, social ethics, and economics, which could not have been achieved without the Christian world and life view, are all held in contempt as racist, homophobic, patriarchal, capitalist, etc. The old achievements must be radically rejected, emphatically rejected for ethical and epistemological relativism. Equality before a fixed absolute moral law must be cast aside for new concepts of equality and equity that are racist against whites, that are favorable to career criminals, and confiscatory against successful capitalists. The stuff they teach on racism is so, out, is so outrageous and so false. It's just mind-boggling. And in California, they just arbitrarily said, well, if you're renting to somebody, they don't have to pay rent for three years. What are you supposed to do? They, people are losing their homes. The law-abiding, hard-working American is a priori, that is, even before the facts, declared racist and exploitive based on the Marxist class warfare paradigm. In addition, the lazy, lawless, and immoral are praised for their irresponsibility, dishonest blame-shifting, and commitment to wicked statists. Our modern status education from preschool through college is designed to subvert and overthrow the old social order in order to replace it with an atheistic form of fascism or socialism. When public schools are secular humanistic religious establishments, excuse me, they're secular humanistic religious establishments. Whoever controls the education of children controls the future of that nation. That's a fact. The enemies of Christianity and the Bible have understood this fact far better than most professing Christians. The establishment of state-controlled schools in the United States was primarily the work of two anti-Christian Unitarians, Horace Mann and James G. Carter, who believed it was the best way to de-Christianize de America. And it worked. And that was their goal. Well, let's just very briefly, and then we'll wrap this up. <coughs> let's get rid of these common excuses for sending Christian children to state schools. Most professing Christians send their children to state schools. It's, a it's very high in America. The most common excuse for this practice is rooted in the idea that schools can be neutral with regard to Jesus Christ, the Bible, and the true Christian religion. People think, what does the Christian world and life view have to do with history or math or English or geography? Well, there are a number of reasons why such thinking is unscriptural. First, as we have already noted, Deuteronomy 6 teaches that the love of the true and living God must be integrated into every aspect of our thinking and behavior. Paul says that one of the main purposes of education is learning Christian discipline. 
Ephesians 6, 1 and 4. Solomon says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, of wisdom, Proverbs 1 and 7, and knowledge, Proverbs 2, 5 to 7. Consequently, any educational system that does not place faith in Christ, love of God, and a submission to the Word of God front and center, both explicitly and as a foundation to every topic in the curriculum, is anti-Christian and satanic. How can a school promote faith in Christ and a love toward Yahweh when these most important truths are deliberately kept away from the children's minds? They're not allowed to learn about Christ. It's wrong. I, I, I know of a, a, a teacher who was fired. He had a Bible on his desk and he got fired. He wasn't teaching from the Bible. He had a Bible on his desk. He got fired. The disciplinary goals of statist education are not faith and obedience toward Jesus Christ and the reverence of the true God, but rather is self-discovery and self-exaltation. They want a commitment to complete autonomy from God and the Bible that leads to a complete faith and independence on the progressive secular state. That's what they want. Get rid of the Bible. Get rid of God. Get rid of Christ. Place all your faith and salvation in the state. It is a combination of atheism, narcissism, hedonism, subjectivism, and a radical relativism with statist idolatry. The state school acts like the false prophet who instructs the people to worship the beast. The standard of discipline in state schools is not the word of God or the moral law revealed in scripture, but the latest subjective fad that flows from secular humanistic relativism. Students who confess Christ and take a stand for Christian ethics are told to keep their mouths shut and are disciplined. <clears throat> and you, you know, the, the, the girl swim team, I think this is college, and you got this guy who's pretending to be a girl, some total sex pervert, and he's, they let the school has him in there with his thing hanging out, taking showers with the women. You know, the women won't take showers with them, and they get in trouble, they complain, and they get in trouble. How dare you? He is a woman. Those who speak out for sodomite rights, abortion, transgender perversions, and fascism or socialism, welfare statism are praised. Placing covenant children in such schools is in principle no different than the Old Testament Jews sending their children to be educated by the worshippers of Baal, Asherah, or Molech. State schools give not just a bad education, because Christ God in the Bible is ignored, but a satanic education. Because children are trained to reject Christ and the Word of God for atheistic propaganda. Why do young people overwhelmingly vote Democratic? Because that's who their teachers are, and they look up to these teachers. Second, our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior clearly rejected the idea of religious, intellectual, and ethical neutrality. He said that one is either with him or against him, Matthew 12.30. That we must confess him before men, Matthew 10.22. That if God was a person's father, he would love him, John 8.42. And that those who receive and welcome true Christian teachers welcome him and the father, John 13.20. Now, ask yourself this question. Do public schools confess Christ or welcome Christian teachers or love God? No, they most certainly do not. They hate God. They hate Christ. They hate the Bible. They hate Christian ethics. Paul says that all human philosophies are not according to Christ, Colossians 2.8, and cannot sanctify the sinful flesh, Colossians 2.23. If Jesus has all authority over heaven and earth, Matthew 28.18, then does he not also have authority over the classroom? Absolutely. 
The school system that deliberately ignores God, Jesus Christ, the Bible, and the Ten Commandments teaches its students that these persons or doctrines are irrelevant, unimportant, and can be ignored. Are you sending your child to that kind of a school? What kind of Christian are you? Such a position is radically anti-Christian. It is a form of atheism. Third, it is a parent's responsibility to make sure that their children have solid Christian friends, that they do not hang out with the sons of Belial. You know, that is rank pagans. The reason is, as Paul warrants, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, the NASB, bad company corrupts good morals. The word company here refers to companionship. State schools are full of unbelievers who lie, cheat, fornicate, take drugs, swear, and disrespect lawful authority. I know, I didn't go to Christian schools. Because the Bible and the Lordship of Christ is not taught, and Christian ethics are strictly forbidden, public schools are training centers, tra training centers for a life of sin and the service of the devil. Children often are often very gullible, accepting falsehoods and liberal propaganda easily. They are susceptible to peer pressure and have a tendency to look up to their teachers as examples, who in most state schools are evil left-wing statists. You know that the greatest supporter of the Democratic Party is the teachers' unions. Because they worship Molech. They worship the state. Jesus tells us to pray, not to enter into temptation, Matthew 6.13 and 26.41. Why then would a Christian deliberately place his children into a school where worldliness and temptations abound? Sex, drugs, cursing. It's all there. Very easily. Drugs are common. Why then would a Christian deliberately place children in a school where worldliness and temptations abound? Drugs are common and whoremongers abound in such schools. We should seek out solid Christian friends for our children, not wicked, perverted fools. Proverbs 13.20, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Proverbs 1.5, A wise man will hear and increase learning, but a man of, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Proverbs 27.17, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Everyone, especially children, are influenced and molded by the company they keep. Therefore, we should be like David who said, Psalm 119.63, I am a companion of all those who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. Many young professing Christians have made pagan friends in public school and as a result have been drawn step by step into corruption and apostasy. Their parents trusted them and sent them into a satanic training center and thus explicitly disobeyed scripture. Okay, we're not talking about public schools from 1850 where they had a Bible lesson and they started with prayer and they said the Lord's Prayer every day. We're not talking about that. That's long gone. That's, that's been explicitly illegal since at least 1953 and then prayer was outlawed in 1964. Schools are explicitly satanic today. The fear of God and the love of Christ keeps one away from sin. But when one's close companions love sin and swim in the world's pollution, those who profess Christ become accustomed to it and sin loses its horror. If one can live and commune among anti-Christian worldlings without feeling a deep conviction and a desire to flee from it, then one is already spiritually compromised. While it is true, that Christian adults must live and work in the world, 
and must be exposed to unbelievers and immoral persons at work. You can't avoid it. I've had regular jobs where the men around me were totally disgusting, filthy perverts who went to strip clubs and got prostitutes and were snorting coke. I've been I've been in, in that situation. This is no comparison between that situation. There's no comparison between that situation and placing a child in a satanic status indoctrination center. You're an adult. You should be a mature Christian by now. You should be able to tell those people to get lost. And it's you know every if you have a job and you make your views explicit, then those people are going to leave you alone. So the whole point of raising Christian children is to promote faith and obedience toward Christ. This is a means to promote the kingdom of God through time, in addition to the preaching of the gospel. In the Western nations, where unbelievers are not even having enough children to reproduce themselves due to hedonism and secular humanistic views of the family, you go to California, we'd go to the beach in California, and you see all these young couples, no kids. They have a dog or two dogs, no kids. And you can't go out and party and have fun when you've got kids. You've got, you got to watch your kids. A lot of responsibility. Christians have an opportunity to spread the dominion of Christ in our society. If they would be obedient to the command to be fruitful and multiply, but they must be also totally dedicated to raising Christian children. This goal necessitates an explicitly Christian education and membership in a church that preaches the whole counsel of God. Not heresy, not Arminianism, not retreatist pietism, not dispensationalism, these churches that hate the law of God, since the family is the training institution of all future generations, the primary owner of property, and the spearhead of economic growth science as well as social progress, Christian fathers and parents must take their Christian responsibility seriously. So that's my thing on Christian education. <clears throat> now, I didn't talk about it, but I need to. It's obviously, the Dominion Mandate goes and becomes the Great Commission. Because now Dominion has to be salvific. Now, that's implied in what I taught today. The gospel is critical now to godly dominion because of sin. So it starts with the gospel. It starts with planting churches. It starts with preaching the truth. It starts with teaching the whole counsel of God. But churches are made up of families. And families, the heads of households, pick the pastor and they pick the elders. If the family's garbage, the elders are garbage. And churches today are terrible. And that's, the people get what they vote for. That's what they want. You know, I've been in the OPC, the PCA, and the RPCNA. I've been in Reformed denominations. And the vast majority of the people there were still sending their kids to public schools. And the apostasy rates, therefore, are high. That's sinful. It's wrong. But anyway, keep that in your mind. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much. What a responsibility you've given us. It's hard. And we fall short. But help us, Lord. And we, we ask you to save our children. Make sure they're saved. Make sure they follow you. Make sure they extend dominion into the future. That's what they're here for. In Jesus' name, amen.